Hey there, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. I recently had the most amazing honor of having Trisha Huffman on the podcast. It was so much fun to talk with her. She is a huge, bright, amazing light in this world, and it was such a fun, fun conversation and just just a huge honor for me to talk with her. Uh, Trisha Huffman is an amazing author and coach. She wrote the book, F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. And today we dive into her book and her story and have just the most beautiful conversation about how to let go of the shoulds and really deeply live from a place of the wants, from intuition and from connection. I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation today. And I just want to tell you a little bit about her before we dive in. So Trisha Huffman, aka your joyologist, is a rock and roll roadie at heart and by first career. She's a speaker, author, and podcast host who is known as the secret weapon for people in the public eye, keeping them locked into deep inner confidence and self-trust so that they are fully lit up by who they are, what they are doing, and how they are doing it and approaching their work and life with freedom ease, and joy. For over a decade, she has been known for sharing real talk with heart, calling you to listen to yourself, F the shoulds, and own who you are, because this is your life and it could all end tomorrow. She is based in Los Angeles, where she is raising her strong-willed, independent, creative daughters and effing the shoulds while claiming joy daily. I'm so excited for this conversation and let's just dive in. Welcome, Trisha. I am super, super excited that you are, you are here, and I cannot wait to talk about your book. Oh, I have it right here. F the shoulds, do the wants, get clear, <laughs> or get clear on who you are, what you want, why you want it. I just love this book, and I'm so excited to talk with you about it and to share your story and to just dive in. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, and I'm so glad that you love the book. <laughs> I totally do. And that's actually where I would love to begin is that I was really, I'd really love to share with you just why it mattered so much to me and like why it resonated and why I like reached out to you in the first place. And I would love to hear that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, it was like, this has been like a 20 year journey that I've been on for like stepping fully into myself. And of course the journey just continues, but For me, 20 years ago, I was in my early 20s and I was um, married to the wrong person and it was very unhappily married. And I was working a job that um, I was working at a bank, if you can believe it. I was working at a bank as a loan closer. It was horrible. And I had dinner on the table every night at six and I was like tiling the bathrooms on the weekends and doing all that kind of life. And parts of it were really interesting and I I was appealing because I had a pretty unstable childhood. And so it was like, oh my God, this is what I should want. This should feel really good. But what my experience was, was that I was totally unhappy. And like the language I would put to it now is like, I was so unaligned, you know, like I was completely off track and I was so unhappy. And I ended up getting into yoga And I got into some creative dance practices as well. I got into Nia and I got into five rhythms. And in one of those classes, in a Nia class one evening, as the teacher was talking, she just rolled off her tongue as she's like talking to us about what we're doing. 
that she said, you are the only one that can make you happy. And I remember the moment so clearly. And I just like looked at her because it was the first time I'd ever heard this. It was the very first time I'd ever received this message. And it was mind blowing for me. Like it gave me pause in the moment and it literally changed everything for me that I didn't realize I had this control or this agency over my life. And so it was from that point forward that I began to make changes and I left that marriage. I quit that job. I moved states. I like started a whole new life. I got in back into the life of like a 20 or something year old and I just began again. And that I have since dedicated my whole life really to being in alignment with myself and to taking care of myself and to coming back into a place of control that I over my happiness and over my experience over my life. And um, so when I read your book, I was like, yes, yes, yes to it all. Because this it's all the stuff that I was piecing together over the years that I was figuring out. And it was just like, this is the map. Like this mm. is the map. And I could have used your words. I could have used the um, just the flow of it. I could have used it all. And my hope is that like the people that are listening today and that whoever comes into your world, that they see this as such a beautiful opportunity to begin again. Thank you. I got a little emotional there. <laughs> and wow. And how like how amazing of you that you heard that yoga teacher say that and you took it to heart yeah, and changed your life. I'm sure that was not easy. No. Dissolve a marriage. To, like, cause also, yeah, you were married. It's one thing to make choices when we're solo. That's still so big and challenging and complicated and powerful and amazing. <laughs> but let's be real making changes Oh, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, like that is. And, I, I, and I'm very honest in life and in my book. It's like, yeah, we act as if, okay, I'm going to make this choice. And everything's like, oh, everything opens up for you. And there's moments of that, but a lot of like, oh, oh totally. It was like, it's like the, what they experienced for me was like being cracked open. And that cracking open was just like, no, but yes, but no. But like, it was so uncomfortable. And it, everything blew up in my life, essentially, because of that. Yeah. And so I'm just yeah. curious, like, I share all that because I, it's like we all do the work that we do because something happened in us or to us or for us that made us do the thing we're doing. So why is it that, like, why, did, why is it so important for you to write this book and to put it into the world? Like, what was your story? Yeah. So there's two key moments that I feel like very strongly shaped me and that also shaped, you know, everything that I do include writing this book. And one was, I guess I'm lucky that I had my sort of breakdown moment much younger at 15. Mm. Um, I was struggling with, I mean, I was 15, <laughs> so I was a teenager, which I think is a lot, period, um, yeah. and we're trying to figure out who we are. Like, it's it's like 
I mean, I think it starts even younger, right? But I think that's where we can feel this pressure of like, who are we? Who are we meant to be in this world? And and I used to describe it, I still do, but um, I've recently gotten a little bit deeper, but it was like feeling like I both wanted to stand out and fit in, like, but just really like trying to figure out who I was. And recently I was like, well, I wasn't like try. I didn't want to be like, look at me, you know, and stand on a stage. And I also didn't want to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But what I really realized now is like, I was just so deeply craving being accepted for who I was, but yet I didn't allow myself to be who I was because I was craving that acceptance. So it was like, you could ask me like, what's your favorite song? And I would be like, I don't know. What is this person like? What's the (laughs) answer? Like, what should I say? I would be in class and know the answer and be like, wait, is it cool to raise my hand or not? What's that going to mean about me? Who, what are people going to decide about me? Right based on if I'm smart or not, or if I raise my hand as I'm a goody goody, like, what does that mean about me? So I really was aware of this constant analyzing myself. And it really was like, because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to belong, but I wanted to be myself. But yet I wasn't allowing myself to be myself because I didn't know what would be accepted. (laughs) So exhausting. It's so real. and It's so exhausting. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, I was aware of this, but not. But I also had a lot of medical, like not serious. I was later diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but like, so I had stuff happening that was non-diagnosed, like a lot of stomach issues. I couldn't sleep, a lot of aches and pains, this and that. I went to all sorts of specialists. Um, anyway, so that added to it, but, and I, yeah, had restless nights. So I did stay awake often thinking about ending my life. Mm. Um, and, and I had a good life. I had good parents. I was good at soccer. I technically was a cool kid. You know, like, so things were good. Um, don't think any anybody would have thought that about me, <laughs> mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes me get emotional every time I think about it, because mm-hmm. how many people are close to that and we yeah. don't know? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so anyway, I had this, like, breakdown moment, meltdown of a day about something so small. But thank goodness it set me off um, because I really, like, had this breakdown moment. And I was like, if I think about this all the time, then I'm just going to have to make a choice. So I'm either going to follow through with this plan I had. And I did not have the language for it now. But now looking back, it's like it was sort of like, you know, either follow through with this or try life a different way. Um, and I realized, I was like, okay, I got to do something different. And I realized I couldn't do anything about the physical pain. We were trying to see, we were seeing all these doctors and nothing was happening. But I realized that I was causing myself this emotional pain. Again, I didn't have the language for it, but I realized like I am making my life so much harder for myself because mm-hmm. I am weighing out every single freaking choice Because what does that mean to other people? That I saw that I was caring more about what other people may think about me than what do I think? What do I, what do I like? I don't know. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I think I knew what I liked, but I was afraid to admit it. Um, So I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try caring more about what I think and what I want than what other people may think about me. And, and I chose to then, I didn't just choose life. I chose to live my life on that day. Mm-hmm. And that's been a commitment every day since. And it's a challenge every day since. Yes. 
Yeah. To be honest, it was like, and bam, I made that choice and everything has been easy ever since. Um, (laughs) Because again, when that is like the whole point of the book, like wow, the second moment coming later, but like just realizing like the world is so noisy. Our mind are so noisy, is so noisy. We're constantly distracted and have to, whoo, wait a minute. What do I think? What do I want? Where am I going with this right now? Why am I worrying about that? Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, so, so it's a daily moment to moment choice. So, anyway, so that like aha moment happened when I was 15 and that did set me on a different path. My life really did. I did change, show up differently in my life from then on. Like really, I was like, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. I don't care if you like this. I started standing up for people. Like if you're picking on somebody who's a nerd, I'd be like, I don't understand that. That person's cool. Like I became not just more confident in who I was, but outspoken. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like outwardly to people. Like, why are you doing that? (laughs) Wow. That is, that's like a switch. That's like this, that totally different. That's a really remarkable. I love it. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it wasn't as if before then that I was like meek and shy. Like I said, like before that people probably thought I was confident Mm. in who I was, but it wasn't. It was, I guess, you know, this term masking that Mm. is being used for many things, but especially if you have like, people are now using it for everything. So I wouldn't say that, but really I could, I would come off as cool, Mm. confident Trisha back then, but there was a lot of processing happening. (laughs) And then the after was, yeah, like I really was like, yeah, I, this doesn't make any sense. No, I like this. So that, what are you talking about? That's mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So that led me to living out my biggest dream. I became a live sound engineer, which was very awesome. Um, a lot of life lessons in that um, because it was I didn't know what I was doing, but I wanted to make it happen. Um, and I did. We can go back. I'm not trying to get to the two moments. I'm like, oh, that is a cool story. <laughs> Anyway, I'm living my biggest dream. I think I'm living a life that I want. I am. Like when I wasn't on tour, I would like, let me go to Bali for the month. Let me do what? And this was like 20 years ago before people went to Bali all the time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. anyway, um, but my father passed away suddenly and it shook me up more than I had ever expected. I didn't, I don't, I definitely didn't understand grief or loss really before that, even though I had experienced some. Um, my dad passing suddenly and it made me want to, physically shake people on the street. I wanted to go up to people and be like, you're like, I get it. Life is hard. I get it. There's a lot that's unfair. And also you could die tomorrow. So what are you doing? Like, it just felt like everywhere I went around the world, people looked miserable. And I also then realized I was living my biggest dream, but I was working for people that were living their absolute biggest dreams, like singer songwriters, musicians that were singing their own words around the world, you know, fans everywhere, like really had it all, bought the same pair of shoes over and over again because they didn't realize they had them, going on vacation on private jets. They even had like loving, you know, of course, everybody has their own stuff. But these people that I was working with, I experienced like they had good people in their life. Mm -hmm. They had good relationships, not toxic people taking advantage of them. Although that's everywhere. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, I was realizing, wait, these people that have absolutely everything still, uh, can get in their own way, still don't feel joy every day, still aren't like, look at me, life is amazing. And I'm so fulfilled and happy in this, like every moment of the day, like, no, like, so it also really woke me up to like the human condition. And it's not like it's so much as once we have this, once we do that, then, I'll be enough, then I'll be successful, then I'll be this. And and it, it just keeps going on. We just keep moving mm-hmm. the marker and chasing it. And it. So it's not in what you're doing or how much you have uh, or any of that. It's in like, how do you feel day to day? 
And so that was the second moment. And I gave up my dream career. And um, that's where the should came in. I had this one message to stop using the word should. And I was like, sure, that doesn't make any sense, though. Like, I don't live a life of should. So it's gonna be so easy. Like, sure, I'll try it. But I knew that I wanted to do something to shake people up. I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world to like bring people to live their lives. I didn't know what I was going to do. And that was my only don't use the word should. And I was shocked at how much I used the word should. And I really committed to it. And then it made me so mindful of everything I was thinking, saying, feeling, Mm -hmm. believing, and why. So it became a life changer in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that word is a heavy word. It's like we don't realize all that is tied into it until you piece it apart like like you have. Um, but first, I just want to say, like, thank you for sharing your experience and your story. That was, like, so touching and so beautiful. And thank you for just opening up in that way. And, of course, for, for going, that, going to that place in your book as well. Um, will you talk more about the shoulds and, like, how that shows up, like what that actually looks like and like, how do we, how, what has been your process process around letting them go? Like, what do you see about that? And then you talk a lot about also getting clear about what you want. Yeah. So like I said, I felt like I had done a great job of listening to what, what I wanted and following it and like not following the shoulds of life. But once I started to pay attention to the actual word, I realized how much unconsciously I was saying it and then feeling it, thinking, believing it. So, you know, from the smallest things, like that time I had nothing going on in my life. I had just given up my dream career. Like I had no savings. I didn't know what I was doing. So it would be like, oh, I should wake up. What should I have for breakfast? What should I wear today? I should go to yoga. Uh, I should help Valley because I don't have anything to do. So I should. like So like all of those, those are very pretty much small things. But then looking at like, well, wait, uh, I am grieving. I don't have anything to be or do. I am exhausted. Like, why do I feel like I should get out of bed? Like, so what? what's happening here? Like, I feel like I'm lazy. I feel like the good thing to do, the productive whatever thing to do is to get out of bed. And then like, so it's really was constantly coming back to myself. Like, well, why do I believe that? Why do I think I should? Is that even coming from me? Or is that like what you know, I think the world would want to me again, a lot of like, what does this mean about me jumping to that, Mm -hmm. that I'm lazy or something like, no, actually, I want to stay in bed longer. And that's okay. Or like, even what should I eat, then realizing how much of course, my mind was consumed by uh, my self worth being tied to my size and diet culture and all of that. So like, what should I eat? What's the best breakfast to have right now? For what, you know, now I was and that was even before like, Instagram influencers, but like that, just again, so it's like looking for our answers outside of ourselves. What is the right best thing and not what sounds good to me? What feels good when I eat it? What energizes me? Even like, what am I craving right now? And that's allowed. Like, it's not a bad thing (laughs) to listen to what you're craving and wanting. (laughs) So these very small things, like what should I wear? It's like, what should I wear so that what do people think about me? Again, like what looks more flattering on my body to make me look slimmer would usually be where I resort to. to. And then what do I want to wear? I actually want to wear this thing, even though that color actually makes my butt look bigger or something like those really things like, but that brings me joy. So really like 
looking at these very small things and like, why am I like my choices automatically go to these things that are for other people or for what I think other people think are right or good or whatever. What do I want? So it had me constantly coming back to myself. Why should I help my friend? Because well, from the outside looking in, it looks like I have nothing on my schedule. So I should be available for others. But no, I'm healing. I'm trying to figure out my life. I just want time for myself. I'm allowed to do that. So by switching should, and for me, that's why it is F the should do the once, I really needed a different word to use because I wouldn't let myself say it. So I would be in conversation and be like, what should, what do I say? What do I say? Like, I would be shocked that it was coming out and then I'd be like, what other word do I use here? Huh? And so what felt the best to me was want most of the time. And that changed everything because the shoulds, it's like, we're looking outside of ourselves. Come on, give me my answer. What do you, what is... What should I do? Tell me. Mm-hmm. What do I want? Had it constantly bring it back to me in that moment, not the Trisha from five years ago, from even last night, from like whatever. So what do I want? And then it would have me questioning, well, why do I want that too? So it really just changed everything and made me so present of all of my choices and that they were actually coming from me. And so that made me, I couldn't, I'm no longer like, I'm so present in everything I do, but also like there's no resentment for anything mm-hmm. I'm doing. There's no like tit for tat or like waiting for this to come around. Like everything. You look at somebody else, jealousy, comparison, like shame, like all the feelings. I was so in tune with my feelings and then being able to look like, oh, why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? And could figure out that it was usually tied to some should. I should have that, not them. They should have told me about that. I, whatever. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, well, that already happened. So so it just became, it seems like so small at this one word, but the one word is so deep in us that even once I gave the word up, so that was over 10 years ago, I still feel and fight and figure out the weight of it every single day. It comes up for me constantly in my head and in my feelings. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Right, because I feel like I should be doing this. Oh, because I blah, 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 because I should be further along because I, and then it constantly has me coming back to myself. Yes. I feel this so deeply. And when you talk about wants, what I feel is it's like a choice. It's your choice and it's a decision versus like doing it for somebody else, which feels like pressure or whatever, all the things around it. But wanting something is clarity. It's a decision. Like it's so much more powerful. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Cause yeah, that's what I say. Like I, now I see shoulds as a choice. Shoulds come up to us generally as that's what we must do. That's the choice you like, that is what you do. You don't have a choice. And so now it's like seeing that when there's a should present, you have a choice. And sometimes it's choosing that should, but you're seeing this is the choice I'm making. Cause even like, Oh, I should help my friend. Oh, I don't really want to this or whatever. Why would I want to help my friend? You know what? They are always there for me. They're going through a hard time. I would love, you know, like, yeah, I kind of do just want to stay in tonight. But actually, no, I do want to show up for them. And then I'm coming from that energy. I want to be here and not the, I'm here because I said I would be because I should, but I'd really rather be doing something else. And that energy is felt and it also changes my experience. Right. And your experience in the moment, but your experience overall, because as you stack those shoulds and you're doing all these things that you don't want to do, you're tired. You don't feel good. You're not like 
doing it's work not your doing. life yeah. it's not your life i mean it's like it's so brilliant and it's so simple and it's so profound like it's like it's amazing what can happen but it's by just changing these these words so one of the things that comes up a lot and i've had this experience myself plenty of times and it comes up a lot when i work with women and just working one on one with women but just in conversation i hear this a lot is this feeling of like wanting to do something, wanting to change careers, wanting to start a business, wanting to move somewhere, wanting a specific thing in their life. And then there's this question that comes up of like, but I don't think I know enough and I should go back to school and I should get another certification and I should make more money. And there's all these shoulds around our enoughness and around feeling enoughness. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on like, how do we quit questioning whether we're enough and do the thing we want? Yeah. Well, (laughs) the questioning of the enoughness, first of all, I think is like one of the things that uh, I'm just like, okay, again, this is the human condition. And so I'm always like a lot of deep compassion. And so meeting those feelings like, oh, right. Like I'll just be like, oh, right. This is just me feeling, telling myself I'm not enough again. Right. But I don't have to believe that. (laughs) Um, But so, I mean, different things. Because right. When talking about when someone is feeling this craving to start something else and learn, you know, like, okay, do I want to do this? But then so should I then get this, get this, get this, get this? (laughs) That can come from not enoughness and also not trusting yourself. Um, and the facts, cause yeah, you may like, you may want to go get a qualification. You may want to get back to school. You may want to continue your job and then build it up. You may not want to quit right now and just go all in. And the only person that can know what is best for you is you. But what happens again is we, when you start to feel those things inside, so you know that you want to make a change, you're feeling pulled to something and also like, yeah, you you have these life things and also how am I going to make that work? But again, we, again, we usually end up looking outside of ourselves and, and, and I don't think it's bad. I love to collect information and resources and, uh, get feedback from people that actually like <laughs> have done something similar. It's like, don't, that's one thing. Like if you're sharing your ideas with someone who's always in the same job and they're miserable or they're miserable in the relationship about like making a change, like probably not the best person to get the advice from and to open up to because they're going to be like, no, like, like, no, no to everything. (laughs) But anyway, so I love to like research and like look for data and that, but then I feel it out. I'm like, what feels like the best choice to me? Like, yeah, uh, do I not, should I get this certification, but do I want to get the certification? Do I feel like that is a must for this next thing? Or is that me just feeling like, you know, that's what, so like, you know, those are the step-by-step list or something like that. Cause then, cause like, well, why not? I just learn, let me try out the book first and see how that is. Like, do I actually need a certification? Just like, again, it's like with those choices, nobody actually has the answers except you, but we're so not used to trusting ourselves and listening to ourselves because we're defaulting to should. So even when we're trying to do our wants, we're shooting our wants. I want this, but I should do it this way. <laughs> Because that's what I see other people do. And that's what a lot of my work is, like, especially like my one-on-one work is like, because again, even the people that are already living their dreams will still go into what should I do next or I should do it like this. And so guiding them back to 
how do I want to do this? How does it work best for me? Because again, what's the point of doing something if you're not doing it your way, by, but a way that you should do or how other people should do or what you think people expect from you? Yeah. So, so it's a lot of like really mm-hmm. slowing down and getting quiet. And I like to say like trying it on like clothes, mm-hmm. like, you know, so like, okay, what? Do, so like, all right, so let's say I quit my job and then I go all in on this. Like, let me play through those things. And like, how does that feel to me? And also like reminder, like, yeah, like nerves, fear, all that stuff's normal. It's not like, don't go. I got scared. So don't go there. Like, yeah, you're making a big life change. Like be a little gentle with yourself, but like go beyond that fear and like, just let yourself visualize it. Okay. Now think I still keep my job and I'm, you know what? I do feel like I want this more education. So I'm going to take this course while I'm doing this. Like, so it's just like allowing yourself to play through the motions of the choices that seeing that you have choices. And again, allowing yourself to like try them out and get talk to other people, get feedback. Oh, that person did this, but you don't have to follow any of that. It's just data. And then you feel it out. And also you can always choose again. Mm, oh my God, that's so good. Absolutely. It's nothing as good. And again and again. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. We all, life is. Like, I like to say that life is an experiment. <laughs> like, we're just always choosing again. So, but yeah, you brought up the question of the questioning enoughness. But I was like, when you were bringing up those other examples, I was like, I feel like that's more of like you're not trusting yourself, which can be tied to your enoughness. But yeah, when you look at, I mean, and this is all stuff you know that I go into in the book. <laughs> And I'm like, um, what I've also found is that usually when we're questioning our enoughness, it's, again, it's because it's through the filter, the filter of like what we think other people want of us or something, or again, or it's like, I'm enough. I will be enough once I do this, once I have this, once I have this career, once I make this much money or whatever, that we end up putting our enoughness out in something or once I'm this size, right? Sometimes like, or once I'm this, once I'm married, (laughs) but those things aren't it. When we're usually coming after things based on how we think they look, that's what we've been taught though. This is success. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to be fulfilled. This is what it looks like to be enough. That's where our mind goes. But really oftentimes people aren't thinking about what does it feel like? Yes. Yeah. And I'm so glad we landed here because um, I, there's so much in this I want to talk about, but there's one, the, that chapter is it, called trusting yourself. I believe um, there is a trust yourself about, chapter. Yeah. yeah. And at the beginning of that chapter, I love this quote that you put there. It says the reason that you have a hard time trusting your intuition is because you are convinced that some outside authority knows better than you. And that just is like, it all right there. That's exactly what we were in the practice of and what we have to unlearn every single day. And what I like, what you were just talking about made me think about, I'd love for you to talk more about intuition, but specifically you talk about getting clear about your intuitive voice and then that fear voice. Like how do you tell the difference? Like what do, what do you see in that? Yeah, it's tricky. Cause like I said, um, we think that following our intuition is like the spotlight has come on and everything is bright and clear and there's angels singing. And there are times when it feels like that right away. But oftentimes it's really freaking scary because we are trained 
again, to just, yeah, like not trust ourselves to go with the shoulds, the this path, the that, like do it this way. So, and and this can even be with like small things of like feeling right. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like I trust that person. Like, do they have the right motives? Like, or just, you know, like that sort of thing. So not just even like our life choices, but like our intuition about people and things and opportunities and what. And so like sitting with that feeling, what I noticed is I'm trying to I'm like, it's funny because I'm like, I wrote the book and I'm like, I'm trying to like, remember what I wrote in the book, but I'm also just like, well, what do I actually just like coming off the bat? <laughs> the fear, like, yeah, because you fear, you feel the fear in like a tightness in your body. But I do feel like when it's your intuition, you feel it like deeper and right. People say, trust your gut and go with your gut. And, but it's not again, like your stomach is like sending out a message. But it does feel like you feel like a different energy, like fear and anxiousness. It, it's like, you know, a lot of it is like crunching it, like crouching in and that. But you can also like then go deeper again too. So I also with the fears and doubts, I like to ask myself, like, I don't avoid them and act like I don't have fears. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, what was to be the worst case scenario? Okay. Well, what is that doubt? And then like doubt the doubts, which again, those are going through that. So that's also like when it's fear and doubts, you get to question those. Those aren't the facts. You get to question them. So you can also like start to peel those away. It is when your your intuition, it just knows. And it does, it does feel like something you can feel more like in your stomach, in your center, even if your body is like clenched and tight. It's this knowing, even if you don't know why. And that's again, too, like we think intuition means like our, we've gotten this, like, it's like a searchable dictionary thing and it just comes up and then here it is. And this is why a lot of times it's like, we don't know until later and like, ah, that's why I felt that way. So I don't know if I'm giving you a very good answer at all. You are. I, you, I, it's, I don't think it's an easy answer. I don't think because it, intuition is, it's so subtle. And I think that. It's getting in the habit of really like paying attention. I mean, I think what it comes down to is like to get to the place of being able to tune into your intuition is you have to have, you have to create this environment for it, which is like noticing when you're choosing the shoulds or the wants, getting quiet, doing like being in a place of being receptive to like, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And I know for me, it's like, it's a glimpse. It's a, it's a moment. It's fast. It's like, it's a different sensation, a different vibration than fear and anxiety. And fear and anxiety is, is like a quickening almost of the thoughts and the breath and the heartbeat. And it's like a, it's a, it's an obsessive kind of thing. Whereas like intuition is just like a, like you feel it and then it can pass, but it's like something that is so subtle and it's attuning to it on a regular basis. And I think that what I found so powerful and what you said, I just love the language around experiencing an intuitive voice and experiencing a fear voice and being able to differentiate between the two. I find that really helpful. Yeah. That's what I was like. I know I was like, oh, I don't know if that works, but I'm like, I I honestly do think it's helpful to be talking about intuition honestly this way that it's like, it's not like, I do think that so often we hear about it. And so it sounds like it's this golden glowy ding 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 and so then people have a harder time figuring out what it is and i'm honest that no it's actually a lot of times murky it is it's all <laughs> and confusing and like no but 
want this, but like, <laughs> like, yeah. like we think it's just like, and everything aligns, like, do, 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 there's the lights and go this way. And I think that's what makes it harder that people aren't able to tune in and trust their intuition because they think it's going to be their whole lit up and it's your lit, but you can, yeah. you can feel that energy, but it's that. just like, yeah. Oh, there is something in me that I know is telling me to go this way, to go that way. And like, you know, the fear is like, sure. Yeah. There are going to be a lot again, like being real about you're a human fears and doubts and worries. Those things are natural and they're there to protect you and you don't have to believe them. So like, okay. Like that's what I'm like making friends with these feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Let's absolutely. look at them. What do you have for me? Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, the other thing that you mentioned that I think is really powerful, you just said it quickly, but it's this concept of allowing. And it, it all this stuff just ties together as well. So I'm just going to go into this, my feeling around allowing is that like when you talk about it, you talk like you, you follow, you've kind of gotten clear on shoulds and wants for yourself, or you're just like practicing that, right? And you're kind of working with the different things that come up and you're practicing um, intuition, being uh, in that space of intuition. And then there's this part of just allowing yourself to want the wants and allowing yourself to be yourself. And you say something about uh, even allowing yourself to stand out. And I really find this really powerful because I think a lot of that standing out comes from an intuitive place of knowing what you should say and knowing what you should do. And I think of this a lot with entrepreneurs, with people who are putting themselves out there, is you're constantly putting yourself out there. And there's these opportunities to go, how is everybody else doing it? What are they doing? What is she doing? How are they saying it? How are they doing their graphics and whatever? What should I be doing? Shutting off the intuition. And then, then they're not standing out. And then they're wondering why things aren't happening for them. But there's this process of allowing and permission and intuition. Like it's all working together so that you can really be who you want to be. Does that make sense? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's so. Like when back in that first, you know, when I, weeks, months, when I was like giving up. Yeah, that first like week, really, first couple of days when I was like, oh, what do I say? I didn't realize how much I use this word, and then I default was like, okay, it's want. What happened was I was realizing it. So I would be like, okay, what should I? Oh, wait, okay, what do I want? And then it became this like, whoa. Yeah, I'm allowed to eat that. I'm allowed to stay in bed. I'm allowed to wear this. I'm allowed to say no to my friend, even if I technically have time. I'm allowed to choose where we eat to go to the restaurant. Like, you know, like I realized all of these things that I was like normally defaulting to or whatever. Like, I'm allowed to do this. And then would, yes, once I started to, create my own work and stuff. I'm like, wait, yeah, I'm allowed to do it this way. I'm allowed to do it my own way. And I am, like I said, I'm still someone who loves to look around and see it like, oh, that's cool how they're doing that. Oh, how's that doing that? But I've changed it again. So it's not, so it doesn't, to me, when I'm doing this, like looking around and research or just like collect, it's just, again, I'm collecting data that it doesn't mean I should do it that way. It's just like, great. Oh, that's what they're like. Oh, somebody offered that. That's Oh, could I offer that? And then sitting with it and like playing it out again, like I'll like play it out. It's sort of like visualizing, but like feeling it out like, oh, wait, 
no, I, no, I actually don't want to do that. And mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? But I want to offer this. But no, 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 I've never seen anybody do it like that. Or oh, I should do this. I should be able to offer the thing this way. Because that's what I see everybody else doing. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Those things still, like I said, come up for me. It's natural. And then, okay, but that doesn't feel right to me. I want to do it this way. And I am allowed to do it this way. And And it feels so much better when you're leaning into and trusting yourself and giving yourself that permission, then trying to follow some model that you see other people do it, it like, you know, then you really have this freedom to be more of yourself. And that's too, like, I truly believe that we are all here to be us, right. To be ourselves. But yet we're so often just like, let me like copy paste from this copy paste, like whatever, like not again, it's subconscious, subconscious, like you're here to be you. And that's why there is room for everyone. That's why there's room for a million bajillion podcasts. That's why there's room for a million bajillion books. That's why there's room for a million bajillion artists, right? Because like everyone is here to be themselves. Somebody could say the same thing, but it hits different people different. Like you have to be yourself. You have to allow yourself to be yourself and do things your way. That's who you are here to be. And how dare you? How dare you try to change that? Then you're not going to be like touching the people you could be touching, right? Like you were put here. I don't know what you believe in. I don't know what I believe in, honestly, (laughs) about why we're here, right? But why am I here if not to be myself? And so it does feel like I have to remind myself when I end up like, oh, let me do. Okay, I'll just follow that mold of this. Like that's probably, yeah, I guess that's what works. And I'm like, how dare I? Like what if you're like, you know, like – you were meant to hit people and touch people by you sharing your way authentically and you're not trusting yourself. So you're not hitting those people and touching those people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just felt that so deeply in my body, everything you were saying. I just so feel it because it's so important. And I feel like this is part of the reason why I do the work that I do is to just remind people like exactly what you're saying. Like you're here for a reason. Like, and I think of it as like, there's an assignment that you were given that you are you need to live out. And the more that we should ourselves look to other people for how we should be acting, what we should be doing, the more that we outsource all of that, the less we're like on the path of our assignment. And so I love that you said that because it's so true. And it's just like, why not? Why not just be yourself? Like, why not? Like, just go for it and be fully you. I know one of the things that I have really been working on for myself is is this element of trust. And one way that I've really been working on it is um, I've been, I've taught yoga now for like 20 years or something. And I used to really prepare like a lot, a lot, a lot and practice over and over and over and say all the things, you know, before I went and taught the class. And now it's just like, I trust that I, I'm going to know what to say. Like, I'm just going to know what to say. I'm going to know what to do. And same when in this moment and same in with doing Facebook lives or like wherever, it's like this element of walking to the edge and of myself and walking to the edge and being like, and I'm going to practice being myself right now. And I'm just going to trust. And I'm just going to lean into the, to the moment and this, here I am and just say the thing. You know, like that has been the work. So much of it is the work of just trying it. Just like you said, trying it on and seeing what happens and trusting that's what comes out. I love that. I love you've been doing that. And yeah, and also I was thinking when I was talking about that, like 
allowing yourself to be yourself and that we're here for a reason and all of that. It's like, if you think about the people that inspire you, the people that you look up to, the people that you might see like, see, they did it. It wasn't because they were following somebody else's like model of who they should be and how they should do the thing too, right? Like most people that we are like inspired by, it's because they were being them and following their own path. But yet then we will like try to just replicate it. And that's why there's a lot of amazing coaches and stuff out there. But also it's like, be wary if somebody's just selling you like, this is how I did it. And these exact steps are going to work for you. Like, Mm -hmm. They're gonna great. They likely yes, they have made success. So they're gonna give you some great information, but make sure you're always like and trusting yourself. Like learn information, and it's not just taking somebody's steps and then you plugging yourself into it, and that's gonna work. And it's also probably not gonna feel as great if you're just only like, and then I do this and I do this like this way and that way. So it's also like, what is the point yeah. of doing the thing you feel called to do if you're not allowing yourself to trust yourself and do it your way. So it's like, obviously there's great information out there to learn about how to do all of the things. So it's not like, don't believe anybody or that. But like, <laughs> if somebody's like, you are going to do these five steps and then you yeah. will have my, same as me. It's like, well, mm. <laughs> right, right. It's coming back to that, that trusting yourself. I think that's so important. Um, One last thing I would just love to touch on is around failure. And, um, you know, this comes up again and again, I mean, all all different parts of our life, but particularly when you're starting a business. And I've talked to a lot of women who they have started and then they've put themselves out there. They have this idea. They, they, they're wanting this thing, right? They have a desire to put something into the world and doesn't take off. It doesn't take off initially. And then they feel like they failed and they give up and then, then they start again. And it's like this start and stop. And then there's just this fear that if they put themselves out there, that they're going to fail and that the failure is like the worst thing in the world. And I understand that because it's uncomfortable, but I'm just Wondering if you can speak to this and how do you approach failure through the, the, the lens that you do? Yeah, I love, oh, am I? You're still on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. There we are. I tried to mute it when I was coughing and I don't think it worked. Am I on? <laughs> yeah, you're okay, on. Okay, yeah. I'm just watching the wrong red light. Sorry. Um, I'm so glad that you brought up failure. Uh, two things, two areas I want to go in is first is The fear of failure, I feel like really doesn't actually exist. (laughs) I feel that the fear of failure is really just the fear of other people judging you or the fear of what other people will think. Because why are you afraid of failing unless you're actually afraid of what other people are going to think about you? Right? So like true. what, what else is the, is there? So, so that's one thing. And then <laughs> what I also talk about in my book too, it's like, what I've realized is that, so the fear of other people judging us or the fear of what other people think of us, it's a constant. And again, it's something I, every day I'm like, woo, what's going on here. And what I have realized is that usually when we're in that fear of being judged, it's, we are judging ourselves. It's that we are judging ourselves. So we're afraid somebody's going to judge us, right? So like, again, it's like, oh, what are people going to think about me in this outfit? Like, that's a small one, right? Or uh, what are people going to think about this offer? What are people going to think now that I'm off doing this and I was doing that? So you're worried about what other people are going to think. Then in that moment, you're judging yourself. 
Like, no, you're, not, you're saying what, you're not enough. You're questioning your, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you're already like, they're going to think, so what you're going down a path of like, they're going to think I'm wishy-washy or they're going to, yeah, they're going to think I'm not enough or they're going to think like I look ridiculous or whatever those things. So we're projecting what we make up. People are going to think about us. So in that moment, we are actually judging ourselves for that. Like a part of us. And so this is again, lovingly meeting yourself with compassion because that doesn't have to be like, you're right, but it's like a part of you that is feeling like you're not enough, you're going to fail, how dare I do this now, how dare I do us. And so the great thing about that is when you can bring it back to you, then you get to clear it up. So then you can ask yourself, like, is that really what I want to believe? Like, but why am I doing this, right? Like, so yeah, I was doing that and now I'm doing this. And so everybody's going to think I'm this. Okay, that's everybody. Do I really believe that? And a part of you might and that's okay, like, right? Because of our conditioning, because of society, because of the shoulds, you should pick one thing and stick with it or whatever. So is that really what I believe? And a part of you again might, but then ask yourself, is that what I want to believe? Is that what mm-hmm. I want to believe that I like, I can only pick one career and stick with it. And I'm not allowed to like, do something different because it wasn't fulfilling me. Do what, is that what I want to believe? And, and sometimes that can be hard. You could even be like, "Without what I want to tell my best friend, would that be what I want to tell my be- you know daughter?" Because sometimes we can't even treat ourselves with as much love like that. But like, do I really want to believe that I'm not allowed to? So if you can't, then like, would I really be saying the same thing to enter person you love the most and cherish the most in the world, <laughs> right? So then you're clearing it up. So like, sure, there might still be a little hesitation. What are people going to think? But you're back to, but what do I think? What do I believe? What do I want? Why am I doing this? And then you're coming from that place and you might get judged. You might, but also like, like it doesn't matter because it's your life and you've gotten clear on why you're doing this, what it means to you and all of that. So you move forward from that. And then, so let's talk failure. (laughs) I'm putting it in quotations. (laughs) Again, I see life as an experiment. So let's say you do something, whatever, you make an offer, you try a business and it doesn't go as, as well as you planned then that's information and data. And you get to figure out, well, do I still enjoy doing that? Like, what could I do differently? Uh, You know, like, let me try again. Like most things don't take off right away, first of all. So give yourself a freaking chance. (laughs) But like, it's just information. Like it doesn't, a failure doesn't mean anything about you. It actually doesn't mean anything about the project. And also if you think about like, I like to think of like artists, my musicians, singer songwriters. There's so many talented people out in the world. So many talented people. So many talented people that you will never hear of. They may never have a song on the radio. They may never get acknowledged on like TV or award shows or anything like that. That doesn't mean that they're not amazing. Right? So again, it's like, where are you taking this failure and your sense of worth and value in that? In, in what are you seeing as a failure? And it's just like, great. It might be like, great. Okay, that didn't work out. It's all like information for you to take forward. Even if something failed, meaning it didn't go the way you hoped it did, I guess, that doesn't mean, so like you get to choose, do I still want to do it? Do I want to do it that way? Mm-hmm. What would work differently? You know, it's, God, and, it's and so also just good. reminding you that it's your life. This is your yeah. life. And so are you going to sit around worried about what other people think about you? I'm never allowed to try again because- that one thing happened. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Do you care? Then what do you want to do about it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like not like not do you care about the failure, but do you care about what you're doing in your life and your joy and what you feel like called to do? 
Absolutely. I think this is so important. I'm so glad we're talking about this. So thank you for just shedding so much light there. I think this is one of the most important conversations we can have around just like continuing to move forward, even when things aren't working out the way we had envisioned and really looking at our, our definition of what a success looks like. Like, what is it that we're wanting? I always think about it as like, how do I want to feel when I'm done with this thing? How do I want to feel when I'm doing it? You know, like, and what, what does success feel like to me? And I think you talk about that as well. And I think that that being the guiding light is, is so important. And just like allowing yourself to want what you want and to go after it, no matter what anybody's reaction is, I think is so important. Thank you for talking about that. You're welcome. And like, yeah, like it's so important because, you know, with that also with the artist, you know, musician sort of thing too, then it's also like so many of those people, yeah, they might like the levels, they might, you know, oh, wow, this person, but they've meanwhile been like working at it for 10 years or something, right? And maybe they were signed and dropped and signed and dropped, whatever. So do you, when their song becomes the thing that moves you the most in the world and you play it a million times over and everybody falls in love with them, are you like, that person's such a failure? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know how many times they were dropped and like yeah. tried to get a record deal and they weren't like, right? Like right. you don't know the story all the time. You know? <laughs> so it's like, like, you're going to like mark yourself as a failure and it's like, great. But like, you don't know, like that's just part of the path. And again, yeah. Like what your success looks like doesn't matter. It's what you think it feel like. Cause you can have it all. You can reach that level of success that you've dreamed of. But again, if you're not like, in love with what you're doing and how you're doing it, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to get everything you wanted and you're going to hate your life still. Is that what you want? Right. Because <laughs> that's the reality. That is. <laughs> then you're burnt out and everything else is like, I'm laughing, but that is the reality to oh, so it- many people. Yes. So many people. And you don't have to be that way. It doesn't have to go that way. Especially when you don't know how long your life is going to last. So keep like, you know, and that's too like something didn't go the way you didn't, you wanted to or whatever. Like it's not a failure. You're learning and also your life isn't over. So like, let yourself take care of yourself. Find some joy in that day. See what you can be grateful for. Like you don't have to be like, okay, everything's still great and be like all positive. Everything's amazing. Like, yeah, wow. I'm disappointed. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to be upset. And also look at like acknowledging yourself for what you did do, for what you mm-hmm. are working on yeah. for, and like, yeah, like go do something to bring yourself joy because also your life isn't just about your accomplishments and your work. Yeah. I love that. Um, just to close, can you share like one simple action people can take this week to F the shoulds and do the wants? Well, I would love for you to take make a commitment to even just one day of trying not to like paying attention to the word should, whether it's you're saying it, you're thinking it, even all the places you read it, like in social media copy and newsletters and that just like really like, cause you don't have to give it up forever. Like I did, but like, let's like, just say, all right, I'm going to try this on for one day. Try taking should and swapping it for one and just notice the differences that that's my go-to. I'm <laughs> like, totally going to do that. Just try it for that. one day. <laughs> one day. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And where can people find your book? 
Yeah, um, it's available all the places. If you go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com, there are links um, out to all, you know, all bookshop stores, all of that. You can also get it on my store, shop.yourjoyologist.com if you want a signed copy. <laughs> you really? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Are you still able to access the workshops that you had, like the tapping workshop and... They, you know what, I'm, I, I ended up re, um, setting up something on my website, so they're down for now, but I, yeah, it's a possibility I can still, I would like to still offer the free, the, the free gifts, but yeah. Okay. So, so you can get a signed so, copy, which is like amazing. So do that, yeah. everyone. Yeah. You can get the signed copy, um, from my website, but if you go to com, it has the links and who knows, maybe when you go there, it would also have the point to, um get the bonuses as well. Because <laughs> now that you said that, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Trisha. It's just been so fun to talk with you. It was such an honor. Thanks for being on my show. Thanks for having me. Oh, and last thing, uh, yeah, all things me are yourdryologist.com. And I'm mostly active on Instagram and TikTok at underscore Trisha Huffman. <laughs> yes, check Trisha out. I love following you, by the way. You're super Oh, inspiring. thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you're ready to cultivate the mindset and skills needed to live life on your own terms and make a meaningful impact at the same time, then I want you to sign up for a consultation call where we will explore what you want and what's stopping you. We'll also talk about how working with me can quantum leap your results and your life. All you need to do is head over to soulcareclub.com forward slash schedule to book your free call. I look forward to talking with you soon.